Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Rankable Podcast. My name is Garrett Sussman of iPoll Rank, and today I'm super excited. This is like kind of the content side of SEO. We're talking about writing. I'm talking to the demand generation guy at Maven. His name is Rob Lennon. You might have seen him on Twitter because he's like the last few months, he's just kind of been getting his point of view out there. And shit, it's resonating with people. And he's got some really great ideas. And we're going to talk about content, AI, and all the good things. Thanks for joining me today, Rob. Thanks so much, Garrett. So so before we even dive in, you have a funny story. Um, we have, you have lots of funny stories. But one thing that stood out to me about that I've seen you mention on, on Twitter and you shared with me is that you you apparently have almost died eight times, including something involving a porpoise. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's uh it's okay to say maybe I, I wasn't always as cautious as I am these days and uh played it a little bit loose in some of my some of my years. And there so I've almost drowned three times. Um I had some run-ins in Morocco that uh that didn't go so well, but went well enough that I'm here talking to you. Um I I tempted fate one time on a one-way street and uh, asked a philosophical question that didn't it turns out cars do drive the wrong way on one-way streets sometimes. Uh, I can tell you that story another time. But the porpoise, you know, I was I was at um, I was at this kind of uh, it's a beach. It's uh, Point Reyes. It's like a national a beach in a national park where so most people don't go there. You have to actually hike for like a mile to get to it. Um, almost nobody's there. I'm there with my ex girlfriend and a couple of friends. We're having a picnic, and we come upon this really ugly dolphin flopping around on the shore. Um, I found out later it was a porpoise. So I'm really sorry, <laughs> porpoise. And my ex is looking at me like, oh my God, like this this poor creature, like we should do something about it. So I'm like, okay. So I I pick it up and I toss it back into the water. And the the current is just really insane that day. And it kind of tosses it back onto the shore. And it's obviously struggling to get back out to sea based on the current. So she's looking at me with like these these big eyes, like, oh, like we got to do something. And I decide I'm going to swim a baby porpoise out to sea. Um, now, just to give you a sense of Point Reyes, it's 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 a few miles from a great white shark breeding ground. And there's a sign when you get get to the beach that says don't go in the water like a great white sharks, B, uh, freezing temperatures, C, um, high like rip rip current conditions uh, are common. Um, and I have asthma. But I'm a pretty I'm I'm pretty athletic, <laughs> so, so I'm like I got this. Um, anyways, I, I I take the porpoise and I and I go start to swimming out to sea. And at first, it's really easy, just walking along, walking along. Um, and you're I'm just walking in the water, right? Like when you go to the beach and you just walk. And then I take a step and I kind of fall off this like ledge, and all of a sudden I'm like kind of waist deep, deeper than waist deep in the water. Now the waves are really hitting me in the face. I've got this thing. I'm like, I'm trying to remember how they breathe. If, if I need to put it underwater, above the water, it's got a blowhole. Is it going to dry out? Like, I don't know. It's I I, I don't even know what species it is. Um, it, it seems to be pretty chill with what what's going on. But like very soon I start to just like, I'm, I'm getting deeper. It's getting cold. Like I'm kind of shivering. Waves are hitting me in the face. And um. And then I have to start swimming one-handed with a porpoise in one hand. And I look back and and my ex is just like, you know, hey, thanks. You know, <laughs> she's just <Good> chilling. <laughs> it looks great. <laughs> uh, it looks like you're doing a good thing. <clears throat> and uh, 
oh man, I, I go, I duck under this wave and I come back up to get my breath and there's like a perfectly synchronized wave behind it. And I have to duck under again and I come up and then there's another perfectly, perfectly synchronized wave behind it. I duck under once more. And when I come up now, like I have no air and I'm like, I'm gasping. I like catch some um, water. Like I, I suck down some water. I've got this thing. Now all of a sudden I'm like, I'm having an asthma attack. I'm treading water with one hand. I have a porpoise, like I'm freezing and my muscles are like, they're not, they're not strong. Like, I don't know if you've ever been super cold, but it's like, it weakens you. And, mm -hmm. and I'm like really far from shore. Like I was trying to swim it out past the breakers and I was like, what am I doing? So I just took the thing and I threw it with both hands as hard <laughs> as I could <laughs> out to sea. I probably, there was a shark that was like about to eat me. And I was like, here, like have the porpoise instead. Um, but I, but I, so, or the porpoise died from, from flying, like fright from flying. Right. Right. <clears throat> right. And I, <laughs> but I, I turned around to swim back and I realized I was in a rip current that, um, that didn't want me to swim back to shore. And uh, so it was, it was terrifying because I know to get out of a rip current, you're supposed to swim parallel to shore until you get to like a, a place where it isn't. And then you then you can go into shore. But I knew that I was so winded and weak that I didn't have time for that. I was like, I have to sort of bet on my oh ability my to outswim this tide. And so I start to swim and it's like I'm swimming in place. Like, I don't know if you've ever swim, swam in a rip current before, but it's like it's like you're swimming while the water is like pulling you backwards. And and, and it's like being on a treadmill, like you're not going anywhere. Um, and it's, it's hard terrifying. not to panic at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, so I, I start swimming as hard as I can. I'm making like very slow progress. The shore is extremely far away. Um, I, I, I clear what feels like maybe 10 feet. And I'm just, I'm like, uh, this is it. I'm done. Uh, like I really, I barely have anything left. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I keep swimming and I reach the point where I know, like, I basically, I have nothing left. I'm spent. And if I can't put my feet down and rest them on the ground, like if I haven't gotten shallow enough that that I'm going to drown and die. And 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 I'm pretty sure that I haven't because I'm so far from shore. And so I, and I go to put my feet down and I stand up and I'm like knee deep in the water that like that whole long area where I was just like walking in the beach, you know, like that at the beginning of the story, like I I'd forgotten about that part of the beach. And like I, I was so shallow that my fingertips were about to start dipping into the sand. Like if I had gone any oh shallower, God. like I would have like beached myself shallow. And I just started crying because I thought I was gonna die, and I was like so not about to die. And then I was like, oh shit! Like if she sees me crying, then I'll look weak. So I'm like, well, I'm covered in water. <laughs> she probably won't notice. But oh man! But it, yeah, it was really not a good idea to try and uh, try and. <laughs> You know. dude the whole thing is like some deep metaphor you know for 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 something like the the riptide of our lives that that could be your your next novel yeah. but i i can only imagine you know you cut you come back from from something like that it changes your life perspective and, and that's like the fuel for a lot of our stories for a lot of like how we think about things there are stories like this all over the internet. The internet is filled with all different types of content these days. And actually, you know, stories like that are really interesting, but there's a lot of noise. How how are you consuming the consuming content? Like how do you kind of pull out signals from the noise these days? Ooh. <clears throat> 
story and content and signal. There is so much. There is so much noise. It's it's really interesting. Well, first of all, I'm very cautious with who I follow and how I mm-hmm. curate my my signal. Um, there are a lot of people like like on Twitter, for example, like this this whole Twitter thing where my my account blew up. I sort of rejoined Twitter after essentially not using it for twelve years, um, and I. I noticed there's a lot of people who just kind of peddle the same stuff as everybody else. And I tried not to follow a lot of those people and really look for the people who are posting a lot more original content. And I ended up following a lot of creators who had like quite small followings as a result. So like there are a few people who are always references like, oh, you got to follow this person or that person. And they've got hundreds of thousands of followers. And of course you should. They're kind of too big to really focus on their their social accounts at that point. Like these people are running like eight figure businesses on the side and like Twitter is just something they do to maintain their audience. And so I started following like accounts with 5,000 followers or 1,000 followers that were posting really interesting content, people who are really hustling and really trying to, to put in the work. And I, I think that if, if you want to see something interesting or useful, that's where you want to look. You want to look at the people who are up and coming, who are investing in their content in a way that like kind of the bigger organizations or, or creators aren't necessarily investing. Do you, what do you consider original content on Twitter versus peddling the same stuff? Like, how are you differ- differentiating that? Well, I, I think that, First of all, everybody has something to add, right? Like you have your experiences, you have your point of view, you have the things that you agree with or disagree with. You have, if you if you or I deliver the same information, like I might uh, deliver it with a dad joke, you might deliver it with more enthusiasm. Like we have, so we have our delivery, how succinct we are. Like there, there are all these different ways that, that um, we deliver the, the quote unquote same information. So you're always getting something that's kind of similar um, or something, sorry, something that's kind of different. But I think that some people really reach for, I don't know, some some kind of insight from their heart and and try and put it out there on the page when they're creating content. And others are like top seven reasons to you know invest in a X Y Z and and it's it's um, what I call front of the brain thinking. It's like the first seven things that come to mind. That's their listicle of the seven things that you should do. And so when you read that, you're like, I know all these seven things intuitively like there's nothing here that that sparks any ideas in my mind if you if you look at people who have really sat and thought about a thing they're having you know thoughts that aren't those just front of the mind ideas they're ideas that they've kind of marinated on or that have popped up in in interesting places and um and you'll be like no i didn't expect like i would never have guessed in this list of seven that you would have said this and it's like those are the people that that I actually actually really love following their content because that's the kind of stuff that I'm out there looking for to to inspire me or take me to the next level. That is really interesting, and it's a perfect segue, I think, in terms of the SEO side of things because we want to kind of we want to tap into. SEO content. And a few weeks ago, you know, we we recorded this this episode a few weeks ago um, from when it's being published. And there was the helpful content update that was rolled out to Google. And it's trying to address this problem of a lot of similar copycat content that's not actually helpful. And it almost makes me think of what you're saying about the front brain seven things. It's like if you search for something on Google, a lot of times you'll see those seven obvious answers. 
And I'm curious if you think the the more interesting non-intuitive answers will start to get surfaced by a search engine like that. Absolutely. I, th- I think we're going to see that proved out. And so obviously this update is being driven by the prolif- proliferation of AI tools to help writers both outline and create content. And the way that the AI tools work, like an oversimplification of the way they work, it, um, is it looks at the words that already exist that you've written and it tries to predict what's the next word. So it's it's like a generative model. Um, what's the next word? What's the next word? What's the most likely thing to say after this word? And if you think about that, like logically, if if, if you're always writing the most obvious, the most likely thing to say, you're always going to have these like kind of very average middle of middle of the road predictable ideas. Now, there are ways to kind of play with AI to, to get it to produce more novel content. But for the most part, I think that what we're seeing is this sort of averaging of 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 ideas on because of these tools. And Google is trying to be like, no, we want more original thinking. We We want to see people who are actually saying different things. And so if your content says the same thing as everybody else's, we're going to take all of you and penalize you. And we're going to give the ranking to somebody who's actually saying something new and force you to think about these topics and try and uh, actually come up with some real insight here that everyone else isn't saying. Um, and I, I think that uh, we're going to see this not just on the individual like page level, but also uh, as a topic um like like for a, for an entire topic that a site would cover, Google is going to look in and see like, okay, most people who cover this topic only address these common search ideas. But your site is clearly not just writing for search engines because you've written about these other things that aren't as popular maybe, but that sh- that proves that you're like, that you're a legit person, that you really care about this topic. And therefore, I'm going to reward you with traffic because I think that your content is better. Um, so that's kind of, that's what I think is going on here is, is that it's really trying to find find those people who are actually writing from the heart or writing something that that's different because that's the only way that it can figure it out. I'm curious too, though, like how how do you in, in, imagine? Because like big brands have way more resources than like the individual who's writing their blog or or do whatever. How do you think big brands will ultimately adapt to create, like it has to be from the heart. They're still hiring freelancers who might not be, you know, experts in a given field. Do you think they'll only start to bring on writers who really have that subject matter expertise? Or do you think there is a place for the generalist freelance writer? Certainly, some companies are going to really struggle under this this update and future ones that are themed around the same idea, because it's just going to be people kind of writing about what they're told to write about. Um, even if it's an in-house writer, you know, you're hired to write about super yacht uh, hot tubs. <laughs> like you're probably not passionate about super yacht hot tubs. But you were brought on to like, you know, create 50 articles about that because that's what this company is trying to sell. And they need to rank for super yacht hot tubs. And now you got to get into it, right? Like how how many people are passionate about that? Uh or or there probably are people who are passionate about it. There are there are millionaires and billionaires, not content writers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like uh you're never gonna get there. Um 
So I, I think what you end up having is probably new strategies to figure out how do we bring authenticity into something that's written by an agency or freelancer, like more expert quotes brought in more or, or um, like testimony from experts being one way to kind of like differentiate content from just generally spouting out best practices. Um, maybe more storytelling, uh, even if it's uh, maybe even more artificial storytelling where people are like, you know, you kind of see this on LinkedIn. I went to that job interview I was one say. day. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I, I, you did. You really, that's happened in a job interview, really. Like, I, I believe you. No, <laughs> but um, uh, you know, I think there, there's also a balance with all that stuff. With also, Google likes it when you answer the question kind of up front. When you when you get to the information a little bit more quickly, that's what people want to do when they're searching. So it's like you don't want to do too much story. Like if I if if you if I wrote an SEO article and I started it with that porpoise story at the beginning of this episode, you wouldn't you would never rank with that because it's like this is way too much opening content, even though it's a good story. Like uh, we haven't answered the the question of like how do we optimize our our page or whatever it is that we're trying to answer here. You know so. So there certainly is that thing. I think it's going to be a struggle. I think that's honest. the biggest. That's the biggest complaint too. I feel like with the with the recipe industry, like you yeah. or like you know with cooking, it's like you. There's almost like that that joke that anytime you go to find a recipe online, you have to get through the entire ridiculous life story about how they discovered the recipe in the first place, and people are sick of it. And that's it's going to be interesting to see if that's something Google fixes with this helpful content update. That's one example I've seen of like the hope is we. You can just get to the recipe. Yeah. I don't know if they can fix that without doing something bespoke just for that, because I think that that's a consequence of stuff that works in, in our favor for everything else. It just so happens mm. that recipes, we want to get to the recipe a little bit more quickly, but everything else we do want to have things explained to us a little bit. Like you want to know the what and then the why and then the how, you know, usually how comes third, which is the recipe part. But um the nature of recipes is just like, just give me the directions. Like I know how to cook. Just, just what, what temperature do the chicken breasts cook at? Like, I, I just, I just need to know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing with the featured snippets too, is just like with this idea of there are some, it's your point is in a lot of ways, it's the search intent, right? Like whatever yeah. people are searching for, what's the intent of that search? Sometimes it's going to be short answers and sometimes it's going to you're going to want to know the deep dive. And, and a lot of brands try to do that with like their blog, for instance, but you actually, you have a, you have a strong opinion of the word blog and, and, you know, what that means for a brand. What's your take? So um, my hot take on the word blog is serious here. It's very serious. Never, ever, ever say blog, include it in your URL or reveal the word blog anywhere on your website. Um, I think I think people are tired of blogs. I think that they they don't want to hear about them anymore. I think that uh, and I and I validated this with data um, at a past company over over a couple of years that even just putting the word blog anywhere in the in the search listing, like in the URL or it like on the blah 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 blog, like you know having that kind of thing appended to the end, it re always reduced traffic. Um, and clicks on that SERP. And so I think that blogs are just like really out of vogue right now. And if you're spinning up some new property, like some new web property, call it resource slash resources slash articles slash B, like anything but blog. Like uh, I think that 
people just don't they don't want to look at a blog like they just don't want to look at that uh so i don't know no blogs everybody <laughs> no it's it's so it also speaks to the idea of the power of words and the power of society and culture as like words go like the idea that words go in and out of vogue which is another thing that's interesting from the seo world is like as search trends change so do the results and you kind of have to adapt as a writer yeah I mean, if you think about what a blog, blogs started as kind of like what you would write on your MySpace page. And then they it became <laughs> like any way to publish online using an easy to use CMS. Like any if you're not if you're not a web developer and you're publishing online, you're you're publishing on a blog platform. But really, it started out as like a I'm going to write every day about my day and how I feel. And I think that it's time to kind of move beyond that and and call publishing platforms something else and call blogging like what it like to move it into its own category of like, okay, if, if I want to hear your thoughts and there's a few people I'd like to read their blog for sure. That like five people, but not your brand. <laughs> That's the problem is like, I, I don't trust a brand to have authentic, interesting things to say on a blog. I want to see well articulated arguments and, and thoughtful content and good best practices and like, like good resources. Like I, I don't want a blog. I want I want better than that. It's it's so the connotation. So so your your recommendation for brands would be like a lot of it is the planning, content strategy, and architecture of what you're trying to write within your topic, and not just like this like almost chronological spit something out on a certain cadence idea of a blog. Oh yeah, let's get into that a little bit. So th this we're actually getting into one of my. Um, like I've, I've taken over a Google page one at multiple companies. And one of the ways that I do this is through this idea. I call them topic constellations. Um, <clears throat> it's because my brain works in this nonlinear way. But, uh, if you picture your, your, um, your major posts as like kind of the, the hearts of these constellations that have all these links, uh, internal links going to them. Um, and then the like the less important pages kind of being the outskirts stars. Um, and then occasionally these big anchor pieces like linking to each other. You, you can kind of see like in your mind, you can picture these constellations. Um, I think that that's how everybody should design the information architecture for their their site. And the reason is is because I've sort of seen how machine learning looks at topics. and this is this is how this is a visualization of how, the robots interpret your site as well. So <clears throat> if you want a site to believe that you are an authority on a topic, it's looking for specific chunks of information and certain like levels of detail about those chunks. It's not looking for a, like a chronological list of things. And it's certainly not believing you if you've only written about the, the five most important topics, but never about the 15 lesser important topics that you're an authority on that, right? Um, and it's paying attention. And so you you build up this sort of scaffolding of supporting articles, including some that get very little search traffic. But I've done this a few times and I'm convinced that it works. I'll give you an example. Um, and this is something everybody should stop right now. This is your next, for your next SEO project, this is what you're going to create. Um, okay, so I work for a company called maven.com. Maven is a word. And I want to rank for Maven on Google. I want to be the authority on the topic of the word maven. So let's let's deconstruct that as a as a robot. 
what would you expect from a, a site that was an authority on the word Maven? You would expect content that talked about all the different things called Maven, right? So the very first article that I wrote was, what are, I forget what I titled it, like, what is Maven? Something like that. And the meta, the meta title is like, what do a NASA mission, a women's health clinic, and a, a queen from an indie, uh, indie romance novel series have in common? They're all called Maven, like click here to see. Now, I don't think this article is going to get a ton of traffic, but I went and found every single thing called Maven, and I put in a detailed write-up of that Maven in there. Of course, Maven, the educational uh, site for, for taking cohort-based courses live with, with expert professionals is the very top example. So like I, I'm showing you like the most important Maven is us, the maven.com Maven. Um, but like, you know, this is, this is a little trick. And a lot of people, I'm, I'm really surprised that they don't do this. Now, like don't link to this on your site. Like uh, don't make it a prominent thing in your, your header or something, obviously. But that's what a robot would expect to see if you were an authority on the word Maven, right? It would expect to see, oh, there's a Mars mission called Maven. Like, you should have information about that if you're an authority on that, right? Oh, there's this character. Like, people write about them all the time on forums. She, I forget, she, there was some love thing and she was supposed to marry this guy, but then it didn't happen. Oh, it's very juicy. <laughs> 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 you know? it's, it's fascinating. I mean, the whole idea, and that's, you know, the direction that I, I agree with you that Google is going in with this whole idea of entity SEO as Google develops its knowledge graph and really understands things, entities more effectively than being able to just kind of own that and be like, yes, we understand that there's 16 different brands and five different definitions for Maven. And it was mentioned at this event back in 2016, like kind of owning that and saying, yes, like that's what you're looking for. Let me help you almost figure out which Maven that you're looking to find, but like kind of prioritizing yourself and making your own version of the, the word the most prominent because it's funny. It's I feel like that that happens so often where whether it's a brand name that's fighting for other brands or you're you know you're you're fighting against just a definition as that entity your goal is still to be the number one result on Google when people are looking for it. Like if yeah. they can't find you that's problematic. And and I'm not saying to to overdo it, but I think a lot of companies right. would be concerned for example like why are you writing about women's health issues on your website when you're an education um, platform? And uh, don't you think that's going to skew you in some way and like trick Google into thinking something bad about you? And it's like, well, no, that you know, we're over here in the constellation. We're not. We're not in the middle of the constellation. The middle of the constellation is still all about <laughs> our main keywords, and and it's really heavy on that. So like, I I think that it can tell the difference between the satellite area and the and the main, the main spot. But the fact that we have that satellite area at all is really important. I I, I actually love that metaphor because we see a lot of talk in SEO around the idea of topic clusters, but I. Like usually when it's visualized, you'll see the one pillar page in the middle and then the supporting articles, like all equidistance all around in a circle. And I feel like the constellation does a better visualization because every subtopic for that main like core topic and those main keywords are 
they have different weights to them, different nuances, different values of importance. And so almost like the constellation, they're not all going to be uniform around that center core entity. They're going to be at different points. And it's going to be imperfect, even if we're trying to build and tie these relationships together. Rob, I think this is fascinating stuff. I There's so many other topics that we were going to dive into, but I want to pull it all together and and come back to this rapid fire rankings. Are, are you ready to answer some rapid fire <laughs> rankings for, for SEO? Let me take a sip of water here. <laughs> we'll pause before we cue the music. <laughs> okay. I, I think okay. I am. I think I am. <clears throat> Let, let's see, okay. see how we do. Am I being let's do it. Okay. On my you... rankings? No grading, no judgment. You're just sharing the wealth of your knowledge and your personal experience with the world of, of SEO and our, and our beautiful audience. So beautiful SEO audience, here is Rob Lennon's rapid fire rankings. Cue the music. Here we go. Okay, Rob, rank your top three of, of something you love. It could be a re reverent, personal hobby, TV show, your top three of anything. Top three of anything. Okay, um, top three uh, things my brain likes to add to stuff you say. Okay, first one is clearly your mom. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think I, my inner 15-year-old probably puts that all the time. Um, second, uh, that's what she said obviously and then the, the third one is like I'll, I'll rhyme stuff where it's like you say something and my brain just like makes a makes a dumb rhyme about it or like a little like a little pun um i don't know if that counts <laughs> I, I love that it, it makes life a lot more fun okay rank your best seo or marketing win um okay number one definitely uh, i built this machine where it was producing machine, this group of people that produced five articles a week, um, where it, it just it generated ideas, briefs, content, bam! Um, it was it was an insane amount of production, and it and it ran mostly without any work. So that was awesome. Number two, um, I had rank one and two on Google for the primary search term of one of my companies, uh, two different pages. So that was pretty baller. And then uh, the third one, I actually, I got an, a random email one day offering me thousands of dollars. I, I think I, she paid me $3,000 to come out to a company retreat and teach the people about a topic that I had written SEO content for with such authority that they felt like I was the expert they needed to teach them. So that's a big moment. <laughs> monetary emotionally all that that's amazing okay so rank rank your top three seo tools top three seo tools i love number one surfer seo uh number two controversial sem rush some call semrush uh sorry hrs <laughs> <laughs> and uh number three i actually use this tool a ton it's called i love image or i love img for compressing and uh, re like changing all my images. I think uh, image cropping and compressing is like a really underloved aspect of SEO. And it's like uh, something I really geek out on. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're speaking to our technical SEO crowd. They love that. Okay, so rank your best SEO tricks or tactics. Um, favorite tactic, number one, obviously topic authority constellations. Um, number two, 
skimmable headers to tell a story. I think most people aren't actually reading your content. So just uh, I'll actually squint and then try and like see like what is my what, like do, do I still have a good article here? And the number three, uh, I call them banger opening lines, like really that killer first line. Um, nothing, nothing beats a post that that just sucks you right in. Respect. Okay, rank what you love most about SEO. Um, number one, definitely just winning. I love winning. Uh, <laughs> I'm winning. I, yeah. I, I love winning as well. <laughs> um, number two is probably like the tinkering, you know, the playing around with all the little things, trying to tweak and tweak and tweak. Um, and then number three, for me, it's it's the, how it blends creative and technical. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of both. And I love that I get to flex both sides of the brain at the same time. Exactly. There's a lot of data in SEO. Rank it. Rank your best learning SEO resource. Oh, I don't think I can, to be honest. That's like uh, when I when I set out to learn SEO, I googled around. I like I looked at a bunch of accounts on social. I think I learned from probably a thousand different people over 15 years. Um, random YouTube videos of people I could never like identify again. Like I don't even. I probably have core like amazing skills from people and i like i have no idea who taught me that right uh, <laughs> yes and a lot we teach ourselves too just from experimentation rank the top one to three seo or marketers that you most look up to yeah I, like <clears throat> kind of similar thing um like on, on the seo side i don't know if i look up to anybody in particular like i i learned a ton from neil patel back in the day um i know there's some controversy around where he's sourcing his content these days. Um, now I increasingly increasingly look up to um, entrepreneurs like Justin Welsh, um, Sean Purry. You can find these guys on Twitter and other places who um, <clears throat> maybe they 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 had some corporate job or some startup job and then they went on to create their own thing. And I, I love watching people go out and kind of build something. It's very inspiring to me. Yeah, build in public. And those guys are doing a lot of modern marketing, really leveraging social effectively. And finally, rank your number one cause or charity that you want to promote. Yeah, so uh, World Central Kitchen is a organization that's feeding Ukrainian refugees. Um, not to get political, but th there are a lot of people, no matter how you feel about that conflict, who are displaced and uh, just really as a as a person who has members of a family who has gone hungry you know at times in my life uh i think that having access to hot meals is such an important thing so world central kitchen is my cause so and there there's a link in the show notes to that um that's an awesome cause and yeah to your point like people shouldn't you know suffer for somebody else's like political whatever but yeah Rob, this is, I mean, this is, I'm so happy that I got to chat with you about this. I, for those of you who don't know, I mean, Rob is killing it on Twitter. He's a great follow. I probably, probably stole your thunder, but where, where is the best way, Rob, to find you online if people want to get in touch? Yeah. So definitely follow me on Twitter. Um, went from zero to 10,000 followers in 41 days. Um, I'm as, at the time of this recording at about 28,000 followers. Uh, uh, couple months later um it's at that rob lennon there's probably a link somewhere around here 
Um, you can also find me uh, at maven.com where, where I run demand generation. And uh, hopefully in the next few months, I'll be actually teaching a course on writing there with a friend of mine. Um, so Maven is a place where you can find live interactive cohort based courses taught by some of the most uh, interesting and skilled people in the industry. We've got New York Times bestsellers, uh, execs that used to work at Meta and Google and all sorts of cool companies, uh, just like a lot of really amazing people who you normally wouldn't have access to um, like them, like myself. Uh, it's, a, it's a place to come. Yeah. Find a new way to learn. No, it's awesome. I was looking at the course. I didn't realize I got blown away when I saw like Annie Duke on there, who I, she does a thing all about decision-making a course. And I was just like, cause she is a expert poker player who I've watched like, you know, world series of poker all these years. I was like, Holy crap. She, I might, I might have to sign up for that course. Rob, thank you so much for joining me today and, and kind of sharing your, your opinions on SEO, AI topic constellations. This, this has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Super fun. Awesome. My name is Garrett Sussman of IPOL Rank. This has been the Rankable Podcast. We will catch you next week. Y'all have a good one. Peace out. Uh -huh.